Hello and welcome to the Digging Deeper podcast hosted by FordConstructionPros.com. I'm Jonathan Koslowski, and in this episode, we talk with Clay Ogden, National Business Development Manager at SRA 831B. I wanted to know what 831B is and what it might mean for construction companies. Where traditional insurance does a really good job with work comp, general liability, professional liability, auto, etc. It doesn't cover the business interruptions, the supply chain interruptions, the third party interruptions. So A31B is a section of the tax code that allows a business owner to own either a captive insurance company or an entity that allows a business to set aside excess cash flow from the business to insure the uncommon, the unforeseen, the uninsurable types of risk within a business. In a nutshell, it's risk management. Okay, that's enough for me. Let's get into it. And then before I get into the meat and potatoes of our conversation here, um, I got to know is uh, I've done I've seen that you've done a lot of interviews, but I have to know how you went from professional golf to risk management at the SRA 831B. Um, You know, I kind of I don't know. It was just something that it made sense. It, It was something that I I actually naturally liked. Um, I knew a ton of business owners, a lot of financial advisors, CPAs, you know, people that were working with business owners that I had kind of built a network through golf with. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I stopped playing, I wanted to find a way to work with a lot of the the connections that I had built. And that seemed like a, a really good way to do it. Um, I was vaguely familiar, you know, somewhat familiar with captives and how they worked and knew a lot of business owners that had used them in some capacity. And so um, I started taking this concept to people that I knew and they really liked it and it kind of just evolved into me becoming uh, business development nationwide for, for, for this company. So, wow, that's quite a transition. Yeah, no, it was, it's good. I mean, kind of golf is a little bit of that, I don't know, kind of a play on words, a little bit of a, it's a risk management game, right? Like, I mean, you got to be prepared. Uh, Like someone asked me the other day, like, how did you, how did you prepare for an event? And I said, well, I, you know, you always practice as much as you can work on the shots that you feel like are going to be necessary for that specific golf course or that specific tournament. Um, always trying to be as prepared as you can when you play and, you know, running a business, honestly, is, it's very similar. You're, if you're not preparing for the, what if you're probably going to be caught flat footed. And a lot of people, unfortunately were caught flat footed in 2020. Oh yeah. Well, you're, you're talking about the, the pandemic, but more recently, um, all of the material shortages and the supply yeah. chain problems as well. Huge issues. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people, a lot of our clients have actually taken funds out of their 831Bs, borrowed from there, pulled funds out, went and bought a ton of inventory for the just in case things get weird uh, or things are difficult to get and their business can keep running. And I have a feeling they're going to have a, a pretty good year or two when others are just barely trying to scrape by. Sure. 
So. I see I see on the 831b.com slash podcasts website that the company has participated in a a number of podcasts aimed at a good smattering of different business types. I think I saw a restaurant in there, some investors. Uh, can you tell me a story about working with any construction companies and or contractors? Yeah, I mean, we if there's an area we're heavy in, it's probably medical professionals and contractors. Uh, contractors use these programs like crazy. Um, and a lot of the reason is because kind of what we've seen with, with, uh, supply chain issues and, or they have really, really good years and they have excess cash flows. They have the ability to take a little bit off the top when they have a great year, park it to the side to now ensure these, these risks that inevitably will come up. And if they do, every business owner is going to be paying for these, you know, these enterprise risk management type policies with after-tax money out of cash flow. And so a lot of contractors are usually working on accounts receivable. They have the ability to, you know, we had a couple clients that recently had issues with supply chain issues and or had a client that had purchased a large amount of inventory from them and they ended up going bankrupt. And so they were on the hook for a pretty large accounts receivable you know, 80,000, couple hundred thousand, and they're just not going to get it. And so a program like this allows the business owner to take those excess funds, set it aside, earmark it for specific types of coverages that if and when these things arise, you can pull these funds back into the business to level the losses in cash flow and kind of keep everything status quo. And so it's a, it's a, that's why it's a, it's a risk management tool. Uh, but it does provide a fair amount of, you know, tax efficiency at the same time. Sure, sure. Yeah. I, I I think you're getting too defining of what 831B is. But can you can you in a in a nutshell can you give yeah. me a little definition and how significant for constructing businesses and companies is it? Yeah. So under the 831B, all dollars that you set aside are 100% tax deductible to your business in the year you contribute them. All right, we're now going to take those dollars out of the business. We're going to set them into the 831B. Tax deferred, okay? Tax deductible to the business going in, sitting inside this 831B, they can be invested into a, you know, any kind of a liquid type investment. So stocks, bonds, mutual funds, ETFs, et cetera. We're going to issue 12 month policies. These 12 month policies are really going to allow for you to protect against the uncommon, unknown risks for the next 12 months. Once those policies expire, any funds that remain inside the 831B, inside the reinsurance company that have not been used for any claims purposes, are yours to either continually defer or you can take dividends out of there, which is I, me as the business owner is going to pull funds out of there as a long-term capital gain as opposed to ordinary income. Or the third option is I'm going to borrow from those dollars. Now I'm borrowing money from myself. Any principal and interest payments I make are going to be paid back to my own 831B reinsurance company. Instead of me going to borrow hundred grand from the bank, let's say I have those funds inside of here. I'm going to borrow those dollars from myself and pay the principal and interest back to to my reinsurance company, to my 831B. And so it allows me to 
more efficiently manage risks that I have on a daily basis, no matter what. Do they happen all the time? No. But these are usually risks that if and when they come up, they're going to hurt. And they can be super problematic because you're not always guaranteed to have that excess cash flow when this problem arises, right? And so it's kind of that planning ahead for that rainy day, if you will, but you're deferring those dollars into the future. Um, so we've seen, I have, a, I have a client that that does garage doors and they <clears throat> had, uh, in 2020, they got impacted pretty heavily, as you can imagine with supply chain issues, right? They were unable to get product to do the jobs that they needed to do. So they took a loan they bought enough inventory for like two years into the future. And now they're really glad that they did because everybody's had a really difficult time getting all the product. Well, they're cranking, right? So it's, it's, it's allowed them to continue to run their business even amidst, you know, among all of the, the hiccups that are going on in the, in the supply chain issues. Um, have a client that does, they build homes, they offer a, a home warranty if, and when something happens and they use a subcontractor, that subcontractor isn't willing to come back and repair whatever it is that cracked or broke or whatever there it's on them to fix it. Or maybe they go insolvent. Me as the general contractor, it comes back to me at the end of the day, no matter what, to replace that if they're insolvent or unwilling. I have to take care of it because I'm the I'm the general contractor on on the project. And so I'm going to eat that unless I've gone ahead in years that were good, set those dollars aside for these events if and when they come up. So is it a is it a stupid question to ask if this because you, your examples are more in the residential area, does it can this be applied to like commercial construction as well? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We have quite a few people in the commercial space. I was just giving you a couple smaller. (laughs) So who, I mean, we got commercial, we got residential, who is a good candidate kind of to apply to a certain company size? Yeah. I mean, really business owner, um, that's a good fit and it kind of fluctuates. Honestly, we've seen clients that do a million in gross revenue that are looking to utilize these types of programs. We've seen clients that do a couple hundred million in gross revenue that are looking to utilize. Um, I would say the average client that we work with is kind of in that million to 60 million gross revenue mark. Oh, geez. Right? So small to mid-market business owner. They're doing exceptionally well. They have excess cash flow, um, obviously good margins. You know, it's not always a guarantee that the company that's doing 30, 40 million in revenue has a lot of excess cash flow. I give you an example. I have a client that does, uh, they do commercial uh, solar. And last year, their revenues were off the charts. The revenues grew exponentially, but they bought a ton of inventory because they were planning ahead thinking, well, if things get funky over the next 12, 18, 24 months, we're going to be in an awesome position to capitalize on anything. And so they didn't utilize the reinsurance company uh, because they they took advantage of buying a ton of inventory last year. Well, 
I have a I have a feeling the next few years they're gonna they're gonna benefit from that planning ahead um, in a in a big way. Sure, it kind of sounds like you should just do that anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's uh, a good way to run a business. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a note on uh, on the website that alludes to the t- to tools previously reserved for Fortune 500 companies, and those listeners uh, out there listening to this. I kind of went with, um, you know, quotation marks with my fingers. <laughs> what what changed? Uh, why are these tools now available for small and mid-sized businesses? Uh, I mean, really, the cost of the program has come down dramatically. You know, prior to 07, 08, in order to set up an 831B, you were like $250,000 to set one up. And so it became very problematic or very ineffective for a small to mid-market business owner to even have this as an option. Um, Most of the time, it comes down to the insurance manager that you're working with and costs associated. I mean, a lot of the time, these programs are 30 to 80 grand to set up, 30 to 80,000 a year to maintain it, whether you put any premium into it or not. And so it it becomes pretty cost prohibitive for that small to mid-market business owner in a, in a pretty quick way. And so as things have kind of come down in cost, um, you know, our goal is to really bring this to that small to mid market business owner to really allow them to look at really any size business owner to look at this as a planning tool. Right. And so the cost of the program, uh, really bring this to any business owner that's doing a million plus in gross revenue a year is that, Effective for everyone? Absolutely not. It's definitely not a fit for anyone and everyone. It's for the business owner that is a little bit more of a saver, a little bit more of that plan ahead mentality. Um, you know, the client that wants to constantly buy the new sports cars and the boats and the RVs or whatever, and they don't really want to set dollars aside for the what if, they're probably not going to want to use this type of program. <laughs> But there's plenty of business owners out there that do run their business in that manner. And this is, you know, it's not always going to be a default fit, but it absolutely is something that should be looked at. Sure, sure. What are the uh, most misunderstood things that clients or companies, people misunderstand about an 831B plan? Um, I mean, I think a lot of people assume that it's for big businesses. It's for Fortune 500 companies. It's not mm-hmm. something that they can do. Um, and so I think that when a lot of it's pretty common for you know for us or me to be talking to a CPA that has worked with business owners their whole career and is either unfamiliar or is assuming that this doesn't work for his clientele, and it, it very well could. Uh, another kind of misnomer is. That it guarantees, you know, it guarantees an audit. Uh, it's not always true. Uh, there are things that you can and cannot do, like most things in the tax code. There are <laughs> rules that you need to follow, um, and if they're done and done appropriately, uh, then you know all things should run as as they should. Right? There's a there's a a four part test in the 831B that has to be followed. And that's our job as the insurance manager to make sure that you are 
you as the client is abiding by the four-part test, which is there has to be a transfer of risk. Correct. There has to be a distribution of risk, right? A sharing of risk, if you will. The third means that you have to ensure fortuitous types of risk, things that are fortuitous in nature, meaning things that happen by chance, not ordinary business risks. Traditional insurances cover those things. We're trying to help a business owner in the 831B space specifically cover those uninsurable risks that they have in their business. And then the fourth is making sure that you're following the principles of insurance. You have properly drafted policies, making sure that you have proper investment, proper management of those reserves, those funds within the 831B, uh, making sure that if and when you have a claim, there is a proper adjudication process. Um, all of those things make this work or not work. So that's a that's an important piece of of the puzzle. Yeah, I can kind of understand why you work with so many contractors because it sounds exactly like construction companies. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a it's an awesome fit, you know. And sometimes construction companies are running super lean because they got a ton of projects going on. Um, but for those that do have excess cash flow, I mean, we work with those in, uh, you know, residential home builders. We work with commercial builders. We work with those in the concrete business, uh, HVAC companies, electrical contractors. I mean, anything you can really think of, we probably have clients that do that. Sure. We have that four, four part test. Um, what other factors should construction companies and contractors consider for their plan? Um, I mean, some clients that have enough size, enough gross revenue, enough premiums in the work comp, GL, auto, it might be worth looking at if a if a captive is a is an option for them on their traditional insurances. Um, but specifically to the eight thirty one b. If this isn't something that they've looked at, if this isn't something that they really know much about, they absolutely should kind of educate themselves and start doing some due diligence. Because without a doubt, I guarantee there's risks that they are not insuring for, or they are insuring for, they're just using whatever sitting in cash flow to manage these things. And if there's a more efficient, more effective way to do that, and create some tax benefits and become more tax efficient at the same time, why would you not look at that? Yeah, yeah. In risking breaking the fourth wall here, um, we are having this conversation kind of late March. Um, when can a contractor or a construction company start working on a plan like this? I mean, we can implement something at any point in time of the year. Um, you know, a lot of it, usually premiums are going to be deductible in the year that they are contributed. Uh, but we can absolutely get an 831B set up and in motion. Premiums can be contributed on a monthly basis, quarterly basis, annual lump sums. Um, it's really kind of what works best for the business owner, what works best for their cash flow needs. Uh, we, I mean, we, we have clients that do all of the above, uh, but it is a it's a great conversation to absolutely look into, even if it's just looking for education, right? Just want to know what's out there. Can this benefit my business? How can it benefit or impact my business? Um, I mean, you got to start somewhere. And I think it's a, it's a good time of year to start looking at these things. Sure, sure. We've 
we've gone, we've had, we've experienced the pandemic and all of the stress that went that we've experienced price changes constantly. And I met, and that's a risk um, that many companies have dealt with supply chain problems. I'm betting there's a long list of things that I could keep on going with. Do yeah. you, can, can you look at that and kind of forecast what the upcoming year, maybe in 2024 might be like, do you kind of see a recession coming or. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say. Um, but I mean, inevitably a lot of the, a lot of the risks that we help business owners with in every industry is, you know, everyone's brand and reputation is their business. If it gets damaged, as does their business, as does their cash flow. Um, a business interruption, you know, I never we have offered a policy for probably seven years now. It's called a political risk policy. And when we started offering it, I would talk to people and they would look at me and almost smirk, like, you telling me I can set dollars aside for a political risk event? And I mean. 2020 brought political risk to a whole new light, right? We had political bodies deciding who was essential, who was non-essential, businesses forced to close. I mean, a ton of business owners that, I mean, no longer exist. Their business is no longer around simply because a government body made a decision that ultimately impacted them in a big way. Sure. Uh, you know, we start to see a lot of businesses go through disputes have lawsuits brought against them, um, you know, judgments brought against them, et cetera, for whatever reason. We live in an insanely litigious society and <laughs> people sue people over something every dang day. And inevitably, if you're in business, it's probably going to happen at some point. And how how are you preparing? How are you building, a, you know, a bucket of money to manage that issue if and when it comes up, right? So, a lot of the things that we look at, um, we start to look at those supply chain interruptions. We also start to look at something that's been a, a much bigger risk over the last few years has been employee liability, employee employees bringing legal action on employers because they feel harassed or discriminated against or for whatever reason. Um, and it seems to be something that happens much more frequently now than it did 10, 15, 20 years ago, for sure. And, you know, business owners have to, they have to adjust. They have to figure out a way to manage those things because they're more than likely going to come up, whether it's something someone says, um, you know, kind of give you an example. We had a client about six years ago now that had, had an employee that had worked for him for quite some time. The employee had a seizure, worked in the back of a warehouse, you know. He was found, luckily, got medical attention. The owner was actually close with this individual, got a medical attention. It had been a few months. Guy comes back to work. Business owner says, look, I don't want you in the back of the warehouse anymore. I want you up here where someone can kind of keep an eye on you. I don't want you back there. Somebody doesn't notice and have you die. Um, the employee felt harassed and discriminated against because he was no longer allowed to do the job that he was doing before. Business owner felt like he was doing this individual a solid, looking after him, and uh, didn't matter. Guy filed a $250,000 lawsuit against the business owner and won. Uh, I mean, things, crazy things happen all day, every day. And 
I mean, sometimes it's intentional, sometimes it's very much unintentional, and sometimes it just doesn't matter. Huh. So. Huh. Sounds a very, very complicated situation um, and, so, and something I would not want to kind of manage on my own. So um, I can understand why SRA 831B kind of provides this service. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's there's a an endless list of preparing for the what if or the uncommon, the unknown, the uninsurable things within a business. Uh, and that's that's what our goal is to do is to help business owners manage those those situations. If you have excess funds, you have a good year or two, let's set up an 831B. Let's set dollars aside to start building a war chest, a reserve of dollars that you can lean on if and when they're needed. That's great. Well, thank you very much for um, talking to me today. Absolutely. Yeah, appreciate your time. That about does it for this episode. I'd like to thank Clay again for joining us here on the Digging Deeper podcast. And thank you for listening. Tune in soon for another episode. But until next time, stay safe. Stay safe.